Hey everyone, welcome to this week's B2B Better, where we aim to answer the question, what does modern day B2B marketing look like? Today we have the second of two interviews I recorded on the podcast stage at Sastock in Dublin last month, a conversation with Megan Keeney Anderson, VP of Marketing at Jasper AI. Everyone is talking artificial intelligence these days, and while I think that we're pretty saturated with tips on how to repurpose copy or pull together a blog post cover image, I'm not seeing too many detailed conversations on how AI can influence marketing strategy. So that's what Megan and I set out to answer. You can catch the first interview of this two interview series where I discussed how to build a podcast that reaches hundreds of thousands of listeners on a weekly basis with Nathan Latka just before this one in your podcast directory of choice. But for now, enjoy my interview with Megan Keeney Anderson. Hello, everybody. Everyone can hear me okay? Thumbs up. Excellent. So hello, everybody. My name is Jason Bradwell. I am the host of the B2B uh, Better podcast. The B2B Better podcast exists to answer the question, what does modern day B2B marketing look like? I'm very excited today to be joined by Megan, VP of Marketing at Jasper. Correct. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm excited to be here. This is such a cool scene. It's all like very good vibe. Great. Can everyone hear us okay? We're coming through nice? Fantastic. Um, and you've just come from a talk, am I right in saying? Or you hosted a session yesterday? I had a session yesterday at the, over at the Google offices for startups. Uh, and then I've got a session later on today um, on, I believe, the scale stage. Okay. Uh, talking a little bit about AI and how you can take this potentially transformative technology, but then also match your strategy to it in a way that actually drives business for you. Fantastic. Well, that's what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about AI's application in marketing strategy. Yeah. Uh, I probably don't need to tell anyone that over the last 12 months, AI has more or less taken over everything. Um, are we all still going to be here next year? Who knows? Or are we going to be serving our AI overlords? Overlords, um, yeah. But we are not here today to talk about tactics. How do we create copy? How do we create design? We're here to talk about marketing strategy and AI's application in marketing strategy. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about your role at Jasper? Sure. And what motivates you? What motivates you to do what you do every day? Yeah, so I um, have been head of marketing for Jasper for just over a year. I joined last September, uh, and it was a really interesting story. I mean, I, uh, I came in at a time. They, are, they had product market fit almost from the beginning, right? Because they were solving a very clear point, pain point that a lot of marketers and creators have, which is the empty blank page. So growth right from the start. And then about two months after I joined Jasper, uh, ChatGPT came out. And it was just, I mean, it just catapulted awareness. And, you know, mixed bag for us, right? Because before we were the only people kind of in this space. Um, and now the field got really, really crowded. But then um, on the positive side, the mass awareness and adoption of AI just ballooned. So then we got to figure out, okay, cool. Now we can solve the real problems, right? We can figure out where the cracks in AI are going to be. And so the last year has been really about that. And we've really focused on being the co-pilot for marketers. It's the audience we know the best. And uh, figuring out what the future of AI needs to look like for those, those teams and, and services. So it's a fun job because there's never a dull day. It changes every single week. There's a plot twist. 
we're used to it by now. Um, and then, but it's also cool because I get to use the technology myself in my own marketing strategy. So I kind of come at this from both standpoints. So things are changing every single week. Um, I would be really keen to get your perspective on just taking a little bit of a kind of macro view, how generative AI has evolved over the last 12 months. So, you know, let's go back to when you first started at Jasper to where we are today in terms of its application that you're seeing from marketers. How has that evolved over the last 12 to 18 months? Yeah, so the first stage of AI was entirely about speed. It's all about efficiencies. How do I do the work that is on my plate faster, right? And that's got benefits. That's got, you know, it's, it's got dollars and cents benefits. You can do more with the same amount of money. Um, but I really feel like that's kind of chapter one. And I really think that the next chapter of AI has to be about speed and performance. It has to be about results actually not just enabling you to market faster, but to market better based on learning from the patterns of what works. And so that's kind of the, the area that we're most focused in moving forward. Now, what does that mean in practical sense? Um, so what that means for us is, you know, we have to move AI assistance from this like generic, you know, word soup generator to something that is really tied to your business and strategy. So that means kind of securely training AI on your own audience, the research that you've done on them, training AI on your own strategy and insights about how you want to represent yourself, making sure that every piece of content that comes out is rooted in that business identity and brand and doing so in a way that protects your IP and your customer data. So I think like relevancy and, and tailoring AI is one thing. The next is we're going to have to tie performance analytics to that AI content. So you can see like, yes, I was able to, to churn out an extra 10 blog posts last month, but what did that net for us in terms of um, leads or signups or, or traffic to the site? Um, I think those are two big pieces. There's all sorts of other sort of cracks and um, needs that we're starting to see emerging from the market, but those are the big ones. I'm sure you're having conversations about this every single day with marketers across a bunch of different organizations. I think the vision that you just presented there is really interesting, but is that all it is at the moment, a vision, or are you seeing companies actually implementing some of these things that you just mentioned a moment ago in their day-to-day -day work? Yeah, so we're working with um, um, Morningstar, which is a financial uh, services company, and we've run a pilot with them where they found that, you know, yes, they're able to move faster, but they were also able to, um, to generate 70% more leads through this sort of AI-assisted pilot that they've run. Um, and so we look for things like that in addition to the volume turnout. Um, we are, um, I'm hesitating a little bit because I don't want to scoop our own announcement, but we are very much headed uh, this week, literally uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, we're going to come out with an announcement about where, the, where our technology is going. And that is going to include more along the lines of analytics and being able to measure the AI. Uh, it's going to include more uh, with understanding your sort of brand strategy uh, and so I'll have kind of more, more to tell at that point. Hey, it's me again. If you're thinking about launching a podcast to help you win new clients, better activate in-person events, conduct customer research or build brand awareness, you're in luck. 
You can book 60 minutes with me to brainstorm what it will take to get started. No commitment, no charge. Simply visit www.b2b-better.com forward slash podcast dash assessment. There's also a link in the description of this episode. Now back to the show. What is holding marketers and SaaS companies back from better utilizing AI in mm. their marketing strategy? What are those roadblocks? What are those challenges? What are people trying to overcome? Yeah, so we see this a lot, right? Every marketing team globally, it feels like, has started to experiment with AI. And by that, we mean they've tried out a couple of tools. They've got a couple of individuals on the team using it. Maybe they put up, put together a pilot. And then we see there's sort of this like, I'd say there's like three stages of AI adoption. First stage is you find some kind of individual efficiency in it, i.e. your blogger starts using it to create more, uh, their blog posts more quickly. Second stage is you get to team efficiency with it. So you've rolled it out across your entire team and you've changed your workflow to incorporate it, right? It is, you've, you've, um, you've put it into the, the way that you develop content and the editorial checks necessary to actually change the way that you operate. And then I think stage three is you've done stage one and two, and you're starting to see real financial results uh, from, from the use of it, right? And so most companies of all sizes, I would say, are kind of stuck at stage one right now. Um, and that's because they sort of, <laughs> the technological learning curve for AI is almost zero. I mean, it's so, it's so intuitive. You just talk to the thing and it responds, right? You guys have all, you're nodding your heads, you've all experienced this. But, but the strategic learning curve, the actual adoption and blending it into your strategy, that's the sleeper, right? That's the thing that, that catches everybody off guard. They think they can just plug this thing in and use it and, and do better. Um, the companies that we've seen really get to that second stage, uh, VMware is a great example of that. They put together a whole AI um, council to try to figure out what are the ways that our workflow is actually gonna change as a result of this. So we're going to take, you know, these two writers that were focused on churning out content and we're gonna put them into research roles or we're going to have them develop new story ideas. And we're going to take um, this editorial process and change it to catch for, all, to, to look out for the places where AI has flaws, right? Where the inaccuracies and the biases that can come with AI, where you're actually gonna bend the way that your team operates to incorporate this technology in a more meaningful way. Um, I think that's that's the sort of intent that companies need to have if they want this to be more than just sort of a toy. And is the thinking around all of this different if you are a kind of large 200 plus person SaaS business versus a kind of two person shop just getting started? Like how does your thinking, you know, change depending on the size of the organization and where they are in terms of just their overall sophistication, I guess, in marketing? Yeah, I mean, I, with, like with most things, it's going to vary by size. Larger enterprise companies, they have process, right? They are already dripping in process. So their big challenge is how do they amend their existing processes to make room for AI? They've got a localization process where they're translating or localizing content and that goes through a two-week you know, uh, uh, series of, of, of sort of steps. Where does AI fit into that? Where does AI fit into their editorial process? It's more complicated if you are a bigger company. If you are a smaller startup, as I think there are more of at this event, you know, you still need to change, but it, it can be more of just a, a fundamental shift. So, for example, 
my marketing team, we've got 12 people. I'm grateful for every one of them. Um, we don't have a ton of process. Our main shift in adopting AI was we, we put a lot more energy into, we front load all of our energy. So if we're gonna run a campaign, we put a lot more energy into that initial campaign brief from which all of the material is spun up. So the research that goes into that, the point of view that we're trying to espouse, all of our time is sort of sunk into the idea. We then upload that idea into Jasper, our AI tool, and Jasper spins up the first draft of the full end-to-end -end campaign. So social posts, blog posts, emails, et cetera. Um, but the key is that the idea that we spent all the time in front-loaded, that stays, right? And then we put more emphasis on the editing of that AI-created content. So it's almost like we flipped the, and this is actually my talk later on, we sort of flipped the time investment. It used to be that all the time went into production of different assets. Now the time is going into the, the ideation and then the editing. Um, and as a result, we're able to sort of move faster with um, adherence to the original strategy. I'm just wondering about what the makeup of the marketing team of tomorrow is going to look like, mm -hmm. you know? Because if you have marketing teams that historically have been packed full of executors, you know, your, your designers, your creatives, your copywriters, and now what we're doing is we're trying to retrain them to become ideators, what does that, what, how, what impact does that have in the long term in terms of the, just the makeup of a marketing team? What does the marketing team of tomorrow look like when, I, when AI is implemented in some of the ways that you've described so far? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. Like, it, it's, so there's a lot more to content strategy than just words on a page. There's a lot more to design strategy than just pixels, you know, in a doc. And I think that it's, it's not that we need a ton of retraining of the existing talent because they were already ideating. They were already kind of coming up with their, their approaches and strategies. It's just that the bulk of their time was spent in the actual production. So I don't see a major shift in like, we used to have content strategists and now we need prompt engineers. I, don't, I, think, that, I think the whole concept of a prompt engineer is a little overinflated right now. I think it's, it's more about how do those content strategists spend their time and you know, where do we put the emphasis on, on the strategic you know, work that they do, right? The AI is, is just a tool. It is a calculator, right? It is a digital camera to the photographer, right? I think the most important thing, we have this weird thing going on right now where we're inflating it into being this like alpha and omega. And at the end of the day, it's just a tool to make you work better, but you still need the person, the ideas, the strategy to make the most of that tool. And without that, it's, it's not gonna produce good quality stuff. So I think that it's less about, hey, like, first of all, I, I definitely think the people who like cut their content teams and try to replace it with AI are gonna have a rude awakening. Um, I highly don't recommend that. And so I think it's less about a replacement and more about an up-leveling of skill like you would learn any other technology. Like we all learned how to you know, write in a CMS or uh, optimize our landing pages. I think it's about kind of developing that scale across our team. I think what we're touching on here is this idea of boundaries and like what are the boundaries between AI and that human touch? And I think it's easy for people, leaders of businesses to get swept up 
a little bit in the romanticism of AI. It's going to solve all of our problems. And yeah. like you just said there, you know, we can just reduce our headcount as hard as that's going to be and replace that with AI. So what is your advice to marketing teams that are being approached by their board, their C-suite right now, when it comes to planning for 2024, and they're saying, well, we can drop this person, we can drop that resource and just replace it with AI. How would you advise them to pitch the case that we need to protect the boundaries between the AI and that human touch that's so necessary? Yeah, I mean, I would look for where AI is strong and where it's weak, right? AI is great at endless capacity. It's great at remixing things. Uh, it is not great at human judgment, lived experience, actually knowing your audience in a really deep way. And so I would hire people or, or keep the people you have for those places where AI is not as strong. If you are spending, a, a good example of where you could cut is, you know, let's say you're spending a bunch of money on an external agency to have them resize your ads in 27 different sizes, right? That is something AI can do. That act of resizing and of, you know, remixing content for different formats, that is something AI can do. It can't come up with the original ad idea that is going to be on its own without, you know, you could use AI to do that, but on its own, it's not gonna come up with the original ad idea that's gonna break through the noise. So I think about it in areas where you're doing a ton of duplication of work, kind of rehashing the same idea into different things. That's where the multiplier should go. Um, and that's where, yeah, that's where I would put it to use. What kind of return on investment can companies expect when they're integrating AI into their marketing strategy? And what would be your advice on how we can go about measuring that return on investment? Yeah, so this goes back to the earlier points of, are you measuring based on efficiency? So i.e. you were able to do more with the same amount of time and therefore because you did more, you got more results? Or are you measuring on the content is better because it was produced in, a, in an aligned way using kind of the, a source strategy doc, right? So for the former, which is where most people are measuring right now and most of our customers are seeing ROI, it's, um, like VMware, I'll go back to them as an example, you know, they're able to produce, I don't want to botch their numbers, but because um, I'm not remembering correctly right now, but they're, let's say they're able to do, produce sort of double the amount of webinars that they were previously able to produce because the production time is cut in half, right? What is the value of a webinar for you? How many leads you get off a typical webinar? That's how I would measure the impact of AI today. I think in the future, you would look at, you know, is AI-assisted content doing better wholesale than content without AI um, and, and see an additional sort of ROI lift there. But right now, for, for everybody in this room, it would, it would mainly be we, we are going into the annual planning and we think we have enough capacity to do one major lead generation or, or one major sort of marketing push a month. What do we get out of it if we can double that? using the efficiency gain from this tool. I want to leave uh, everyone in this audience with some kind of practical, tactical applications of AI in the development of marketing strategy. You've mentioned a couple of them already, but I just want to ask you directly, could you just list out a couple of ways in which we could be using AI to help us with things like, you know, budgeting and um, journey mapping and developing strategic insights? What are some of those kind of strategic tasks that can be enabled or assisted by AI? I'll give you a few out of my own marketing playbook for this year. Um, so number one, 
we have started to get into kind of account-based marketing as we're going, we're selling more and more to sort of upmarket clients. And, and account-based marketing essentially requires you to make like a one-to-one -one marketing plan for every major account you're going after. So we use, um, we use Jasper to spin up dedicated landing pages for, you know, Walmart, Walt Disney, like all of the big companies we're going after and dedicated email streams for each of them. We could not do, it would take a lot more time for us to do that with a single ABM marketer, which is what we have, than using that power. So I would use it for things like that where you've got, you've got a core idea that you want to adapt to different audiences. That's one big one. Another is um, synthesis. So let's say you have a bunch of customer research. This is more on, I know there's some PMs out in the audience. Say you have a bunch of customer research or recordings from sales conversations. You want to dump that into AI and have AI glean out what the big themes are so that you can then spin up help documentation, um, FAQ documents, get feedback to deliver back to your engineers. That's another great, the synthesis is sort of another great use case. And then the other one that I love is just any kind of a campaign, whether it is a product launch or a brand campaign, where you've got like a core idea that you're trying to espouse and get out into the world. I pour all my time into that core campaign brief, and then I use AI to spin up the first draft so we can execute that more quickly. Last question for you. Fast forward to SaaS Doc 2024. I appreciate when it comes to AI, asking for a prediction of what's going to happen is just like Horrible. crystal ball gazing yeah. to like the nth degree. But we're sitting back here, we're doing another interview at 2024 at SaaS What are you going to hope to see in terms of uh, marketing teams leveraging AI um, in a sensible way across their marketing operations? Yeah, so a um, few predictions that we'll see if they're right or wrong. One of them is I think that the, this whole idea of like AI is going to kind of just like dissipate into the water because it, I feel like we're at that point, you know, at the beginning of sort of the dot-com era where all of a sudden there were these digital companies, you know, it's, it's a bookstore, but it's online, right? Um, and then eventually every company was a digital company. I think a year from now, virtually every company will be an AI company, right? The, the technology is so ubiquitous and that like the specialness of AI is going to sort of dissipate. So then the real question um, for AI companies like myself are, well, like, what are you besides AI, right? And what value do you offer to your buyers above and beyond that underlying technology? So I think we'll sort of see a shift where, you know, AI will start to just become embedded in everything, and then the companies, the actual purpose of the company will sort of reemerge as the center. Um, that's one. Uh, and then I also think that we'll have greater clarity about the role, like the right role and balance for AI and people after a lot of fumbling and messing up over the coming year. Um, we'll have a better sense of that. And then the final big one is um, search. And SEO and organic as a, as a channel is going to be very different a year from today than it is now, right? Um, Google has started to incorporate AI results, which will mean inherently less traffic back to websites. If you're heavily reliant on search right now to bring people into your site, it's worth diversifying. It's worth sort of figuring out, you know, what acquisition looks like in the future for you. Um, I think we'll go through some, some serious changes on that in the next six months or so. It's a great note to end on. Do you want to just plug your talk a little bit later today? Sure, yeah. 
I am speaking around 2.30, and it is about um, the implications of AI in marketing, right? And so how do we, yes, take this technology, but then as we've just been saying, adapt our strategies. How do you need to think about team structure, um, organic search and kind of search strategy, um, and the role of standards and ethics in your adoption of AI? And I hope to God I will still have a voice at that point because this is not, not sounding so great right now. Megan Keeney Anderson from Jasper, thank you very much. Thank you for the time. And that's it for this episode of B2B Better. If you enjoyed the show, give it a rating, a review, or a follow in your podcast directory of choice. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. See you next time.